The Louisville Cardinals and the Duke Blue Devils set to square off in Thursday night football action at Wallace Wade Stadium. 7.30 kickoff in Durham, North Carolina. We'll have the entirety of that matchup on this special crossover episode between Locked On Louisville and Locked On Blue Devils. Stay tuned. You are Locked On Louisville. Your daily podcast on the Louisville Cardinals. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. What is going on, everyone? Welcome into this special Thursday edition of a Locked On Crossover Pod. I'm Dalton Pence, the host of Locked On Louisville. With me this morning is Locked On Blue Devils host JJ Jackson. What's going on, JJ? Dalton, I'm really excited that we were able to do this. A big game, yep. Thursday night football in the ACC. Both of these teams at very different positions <laughs> in their current 2021 football yep. season. But at the Locked On Podcast Network, it's always fun when we can do these crossover episodes. So let's talk a little football, man, and learn a, bit of, yeah. a little bit more about each other's team. Yeah, so here's how we're going to break this down um, for this episode. Um, we're going to talk a little bit about uh, the Duke Blue Devils in the first segment flip the script and talk about the Cardinals in the second segment and then uh, bringing the episode home. We'll kind of talk about uh, what this matchup means in terms of implications for both teams uh, as the season comes down to an end. Um, Before we get into the content of today's show on social media, you can obviously follow me on my Twitter handle in the graphic below. But JJ, I know your logo isn't necessarily on there thanks to my uh, inability to be tech savvy. Uh, just give a give a quick shout out to where they can find you on social media before we get started. Sure. The podcast always at LO underscore Blue Devils. And then uh, I'm on Twitter at underscore JJ underscore Jackson underscore. And happy to be here. Let's talk football. Yes, yes, yes. So we are going to start out with the Duke Blue Devils. I'm going to pick JJ's brain because I, I got to be honest, looking at this you know, this Duke team, you know, head coach Scott Satterfield for Louisville mentioned, um, you know, in his weekly press conference where he usually does a little bit of preview into the opponent uh, to be, so to speak. He, you know, he said, um, you know, it's kind of hard to prepare for the Duke offense because we're not necessarily sure who is going to be starting at quarterback in this matchup. Is that now, obviously that was Monday. Has a starting quarterback been named, um, you know, obviously with the game being today, or is it going to be kind of one of those we'll wait and see by by committee approach, so to speak? I'm going to be surprised myself to see who takes the first snaps (laughs) under center. Gunnar Holmberg obviously has been the guy throughout the majority of the season. He's Mm -hmm. been injured the past few weeks and finally did not play last week versus Virginia Tech, and they saw two freshman quarterbacks split time between Riley Leonard and Jordan Moore. I believe Gunnar Holmberg is trending more towards a return, but uh, I think Coach Cutcliffe wants to leave it as a game-time decision. And uh, for that being said, I have zero clue. That's why I can't wait to turn the television on and see exactly who's under center for Duke. Now, obviously, you know, Mateo Durant, one of the top ten running backs in the nation statistically in yards per um, you know, overall total yards on the ground, actually right. number 10, so to speak, coming into this game. But Jordan Moore last week, over 100 yards on the ground, broke off a 40-yarder, had a touchdown as well. Obviously, um, Duke has struggled, uh, to say the least, in the ACC slate of things. But Jordan Moore came in, I you know, I watched uh, s- some of what he did last week. I came away impressed, and I think that um, you know, for a rushing attack that might be you know an overall offense that's kind of one dimensional in a sense, being able to add a dual threat quarterback, does the success from last week um, kind of you know lead you to think that he could get the nod in this one? 
Absolutely. I think there's got to be something to be said for that. He threw the ball more as well. It's interesting, early in the non-conference, which Duke played well, 3-1 and one in non-conference competition. They have not won a game since then because they knocked those four <laughs> games out of the out of the season. Knocking out the mighty with. powerhouse of the Kansas Jayhawks. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> Tough test for Duke. Uh, but early in the year, Jordan Moore was playing more than he was towards the start of ACC play. He would come right. in in sort of wildcat packages, so to speak, as the quarterback, but would be a designed run or a read option mm -hmm. every time he was on the field. Very easy to scout for. What was different this past week versus Virginia Tech, Riley Leonard did get the start. He's more of your traditional pocket passer that uh, is out of Fairhope, Alabama, in his freshman season as well. But they wanted to give Jordan Moore some more playing time. And as you said, his ability to run the football kept him in the game. And then he was throwing the ball well, the most mm -hmm. pass attempts he's had in the game this season. Had a touchdown pass to Eli Pankle, a uh, positive spark for the Duke offense. So I do think it's fair to assume that if you pick a starter based on recent results, Jordan Moore would be the guy for Duke if Gunnar Holmberg's not 100% ready to go. Sure, and kind of, um, you know, the last thing I want to I want to ask about this offense, you know, we talk about Mateo Durant, and, uh, you know, I feel like for Louisville, you know, last week was all about stopping Syracuse, who – number three in the country in, um, you know, total rushing, you know, Garrett Schrader, Sean Tucker, the cards really did, you know, they held their own. Um, you know, they held them to three points. Yeah. Um, I felt like, you know, previewing this game, it was kind of a lot of the same thing, you know, Duke, not necessarily a great team through the air, but if you let them, you know, Durant is, um, you know, a guy that can, you know, truly, you know, make you pay. What stands out the most about his game that, you know, leads, you know, him to be so successful. Is there something about, you know, his skill set that kind of jumps off the screen when you watch him? I think he's just first and foremost big. And, and second, he's been yeah, consistent. He's six foot one. That's a big running back. <laughs> like he's been consistent throughout the season. There were portions in the year where it really was Mateo Durant and Sean Tucker going back and forth, swapping who was the top of the ACC in every mm -hmm. rushing category. Sean Tucker's run away with that in this past week when uh, Mateo Durant only had 30-some-odd yards rushing that hurt his cause. I think he's just worn down throughout the season, Dalton. I think that he has been the focal point of the Duke offense, and for that reason, teams know to scout. That's what Louisville will do. I think that Duke will struggle to run the football uh, in tonight's game versus the Cardinals, but he's, he's so talented. He is the sixth running back in the history of Duke football <laughs> to have a 1,000-yard season. Wow. That is mind-boggling. Only six, Dalton. Like, there are teams in college football that have two every year, it feels Wisconsin. like. <laughs> it feels like Wisconsin's you know, got exactly, another exactly. thousand-yard running back every season. But Duke football has only had six in the history of their program. So it's amazing that Mateo Durant was able to have as good of a year as he's had this season. Still has two more games to add to those stats. Uh, but it just shows you the where this Duke football program has been in the big picture and kind of gives you more appreciation for what exactly Mateo Durant's been able to accomplish because no one's ever done that in Duke football history, really. Right. And kind of shifting quickly over to the defense, it seems like, um, you know, the defending the pass has kind of been the Achilles heel, so to speak. I think second worst in FBS, um, second worst in total defense. I think they're giving up literally like 499 yards a game, which is – I wish you had better stats to give me, but every stat you're presenting <laughs> It seems like true. if you remember 2018 Louisville, which is one of the statistically – one of the worst statistic teams of all time, you know, it seems like there's some, there's some draw. Um, 
you know, what What does Duke need to do to try to begin to pull this upset off when you have a quarterback like Malik Cunningham that you have to respect not only in the air but on the ground? Does that put a lot more pressure on guys like, um, you know, Shaka Hayward, so to speak? 100%. Shaka's got a really tough challenge monitoring, kind of being that Mike linebacker for the Duke defense. He's going to have his eyes on Cunningham every single play to know if he's going to throw it, if he's going to run it, if he's going to use his legs to create a better passing option. I mean, Cunningham has been so much fun for me to watch, and I'm not watching Louisville every week like you and all of your right. listeners are. So he's been a really fun player to watch this season. The Duke secondary has been banged up throughout the year, and also there's just not a whole lot of talent in that room. That's something that right. they're hoping to change in the years to come. Trooper Taylor was on the offensive side of the ball coaching Duke. He's now moved over, and he's the position coach for the DBs. Uh, they've shown improvements but that just shows you where they were, that they were so bad so far back that they're really struggling this year. Had a couple of guys get drafted into the NFL out of the secondary a year ago, and it's just been hard to replace them. Right. So, yeah, I mean, I, 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 I'm I, glad you've kind of cleared up the, you know, the, the defensive side of things because when I look at it, like, you know, I, I always, like, I followed Shaka Hayward's, like, recruiting journey. Uh-huh. And like I, I don't really remember why. Like I used to be a really big recruiting guru, and I kind of still am now. But um, I, I just like seeing him at least succeed in the grand scheme of things, even though it doesn't might not translate to the overall team success because it is right. a team game. Eleven guys on the field. It, it is a feel good story for me to see him succeed. You know, years after watching him as a recruit. Yeah, no, it's it's amazing to see what he's been able to do, and I think he's been a really good defensive leader for this Duke football team. The coaches speak very highly of him, and he's very passionate out there on the football field. He's got a little edge to him, Dalton. He's not afraid to talk trash a little bit here and there, <laughs> and uh, so I certainly uh, respect that. Uh, but, yeah, yeah, it's it's exciting to see what Shaka Hayward's going to do uh, throughout the rest of this year and in the years to come for sure. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, in, in the grand scheme of things, I mean, is this a game to where, you know, Louisville's a 19-and-a-half-point favor? Do you think that, you know, Duke is able to fit into that blanket, or is it going to be kind of like the more of the same in the ACC slate? I, I really wish that they would be able to be a little <laughs> bit more competitive. I mean, this is such a cool moment. for. I mean, it's ESPN, right? Duke football and ESPN – this this is a school that is used to having every single basketball game on big time ESPN in prime time. Football, not so much. And so when you get these big opportunities for the, the sports world to see your football program, you want to step up, you want to live into the moment. I just don't think they're going to be able to because I'm terrified of what Louisville is going to be able to bring, which I can't wait to in our next segment ask you a little bit more about those Cardinals because Cunningham looks so special on paper. Watching his highlights, he's tremendous. Very I special. really don't know how Duke keeps this a close football game. It pains me to say that. Duke fans, it pains us to say that. But I think we're realistic with where the program is right now and uh, do know that, uh, look, this is going to be a tough task, and I just don't see how Duke wins this football game or really makes it competitive. Right. I agree. That game coming up, um, just hearing about 11 hours or so yeah. but right now is made in JJ. Talk about our friends over there. I would love to. Well, Dalton, you're listening to locked on blue devils and locked on Louisville on this crossover edition here today, getting set for Duke and Louisville a little bit later tonight. We do want to tell you about our friends over at Made In. Made In produces professional quality cookware for those who love to cook. They source the finest materials and partner with renowned craftsmen to make premium kitchen tools available directly to you without the markup. 
Made in products are made to last and they offer a lifetime guarantee. Their cookware distributes heat evenly and can easily go up to the stovetop to the oven. They have 40,000 plus five-star reviews and their products are used by some of the world's best chefs at Michelin-starred restaurants around the world. Right now, Maiden is offering our listeners 15% off your order with promo code LOCKEDON. This is the best discount available anywhere online for Maiden products. Again, go to maidencookware.com slash locked on. Use promo code locked on, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, for 15% off your first order. Maiden, better cookware for better meals. Welcome back into this crossover episode of Locked On Louisville and Locked On Blue Devils. I'm Locked On Blue Devils host JJ Jackson. So thrilled to be joined by Dalton Pence from Locked On Louisville. Big game tonight, 7.30 Eastern time on ESPN between the Blue Devils and the Cardinals. And Dalton, we get ready for tonight's game. Duke fans, we've talked about him already, but Malik Cunningham has got to be atop the scouting report for this entire coaching staff, this entire Duke team. Malik Cunningham, has he been as impressive as Louisville fans expected him to be this season, or he has, has he surpassed expectations? Well, it's interesting you say that because, you know, to talk about expectations, you have to acknowledge the fact that he is the first permanent quarterback after Lamar Jackson, who just got his number retired at Louisville, second in program history. So expectations are through the roof because, you know, in the past 20 years, you know, you've had guys like Brian Brom, like Teddy Bridgewater, you know, Lamar Jackson. So, you know, realistically, it, it's not necessarily a personnel thing. It's just a matter of whoever the quarterback is. You know, the expectations are pretty high. So I think, you know, I mentioned um, on the Tuesday edition of the Lockdown Louisville show that, you know, he's not getting the praise he deserves. Um, you know, he is now second in program history um, in touchdowns responsible for trailing only Lamar Jackson. Um the issue with Louisville fans is that they are trying to see Cunningham in a light that he's not. You know, he's not a traditional pocket passer. You know, he there's times where he doesn't make the right reads, where he'll over or under throw wide open guys. But you know, if you mention anybody in college football history, you know, I'll I'll go out on a limb and say those guys made some mistakes. Lee Cunningham has has exceeded my expectations this year. After the first two games, I'm like, look, the Louisville offense has to get better, and that starts with the signal caller. Right. Lee's been phenomenal he's got 16 rushing touchdowns on the season that's double than what he did last year passing the ball I thought against Syracuse was his best passing performance um just just from a matter of making reads so to answer your question I mean yeah I guess it really just depends on who you talk to because there's a good amount of the fan base that's like okay yeah Malik is as special as what you're seeing but there's also some people and Louisville fans that are almost impossible to please saying, well, he's not the one for 500 yards and, you know, scoring 52 touchdowns a game. And it's like, what are your expectations? Right. So give me a little bit more on sort of Malik, the player himself and the way his stats kind of line up. You mentioned those 16 rushing touchdowns, which is crazy, by the way, for a quarterback to be in that number. And the fact that you mentioned directly after Lamar Jackson, like no one wants to be (laughs) the guy after the guy. Let me be yeah. the guy after the guy after the guy. Like a right. little bit of time to forget about Lamar was. And Malik's done a great job this year. Yeah. Of those 16 rushing touchdowns, what have those looked like, Dalton? Is that Louisville getting the ball inside the 10, inside the 5, and calling his number? Or are these big plays that he's turning into touchdown mm-hmm. runs? How does he find himself in a position at the quarterback spot to have 16 rushing touchdowns this year? Well, I think number one, and this is the you know first and foremost thing, and what Malik will tell you is like this offensive line has been getting better 
each and every week. They kind of have a little setback against NC State uh, down in Raleigh, but for the most part, I mean, they have really impressed me and kind of lived up to the preseason hype, so that's number one. Um, number two, uh, it really it's kind of a mixed bag. You know, he has the ability to rip off 40, 50-yard touchdowns, like, which he has done. Yeah. Um, there's been no shortage of that, but around the goal line is when he gets very dangerous in the RPO situations. Um, you know, there are a handful of running backs that come in for Louisville. So I feel like it's kind of hard to scout Louisville offensively because you just don't know who's who Satterfield's going to go to in the backfield. But um, Malik Cunningham's decision-making has just been, you know, miles better than it has ever been. Like, he's playing the best football of his career. And, you know, like, when, around the goal lines when you really have to watch him and you kind of almost expect it as a Louisville fan, okay, first and goal from the 10, you know what's coming. <laughs> And it's 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 just crazy because you know that every single team, you know, Dino Babers for Syracuse said, you know, he is one of the most dynamic quarterbacks, if not the most dynamic as a dual threat in the ACC. You know, you have to game plan him in a different way. And it seems like every team does that, but no team has really been able to truly shut him down. So I guess, you know, that's definitely something to look forward to. And that's what's so special, Dalton, right? If you're saying on first and 10, first and goal from the 10, if every person in the stadium knows what's coming next for Louisville, I promise you that the coaches of the opposing <laughs> teams know what's coming next because they're smarter than all of us, and yet you still can't stop the guy. He's going to find himself in the end zone. Yeah, it's just a matter of you know good offensive line. The holes are there, and Malik, you know, he's he has you know really increased his awareness just on the field. You know when to take hits, when to not take hits. But you know, I'd be remiss if I if I gave all the credit to Malik because I yeah. feel like this offense as a whole is just getting better and better. They have some skilled guys um, on the outside that came into the season inexperienced. Um, took a little while for them to adjust to the speed, but um, you know they've been very solid. The running back committee, the whole offense. I mean, the whole team is is clicking at the right time. Finally. About time, but um, played their best game of the season overall against Syracuse last week. So short week, I definitely know the cards are trying to carry that momentum over. Give me a little bit more about those skill position guys. For Duke fans watching the game tonight, what names yeah. are we going to be heard called a lot? What numbers are going to be making the mm -hmm. big plays? Who do we need to look out for outside of Malik Cunningham? Yeah, I mean, um, um, I think, you know, my key player to watch on offense on yesterday's um, episode was Amari Huggins-Bruce, a uh, true freshman wide receiver from, um, you know, South Carolina, 5'9". Reminds me a lot of T.Y. Hilton for all of the NFL fans. Okay. Um, Indianapolis Colts, great T.Y. Hilton. Um, there's Jordan Watkins, Tyler Harrell. They really don't have, or they they have, but they don't utilize, like, guys that can go up and just win jump balls. Like, it's it's more so receivers getting into space and Malik Cunningham getting the, the ball in space. Uh, Marshawn Ford, although the production doesn't say it, I will go to my grave saying he is a top five tight end in the ACC. Um, <laughs> plays like a wide receiver, um, Swiss Army knife, and then the running backs, true freshman Travion Cooley from North Carolina is playing well. Um, and um, Jalen Mitchell as well. So, you know, there, there, there's a lot of, um, you know, good you know, talent overall in this in, in these skill positions. It's really just a matter of guys, um, you know, getting out there and, you know, setting the tone. And, um, you know, talking about setting the tone, the Louisville Cardinals are facing bowl eligibility, you know, right. possibility of achieving bowl eligibility in this game. Duke, on the other hand, it's more so just trying to get some morale at the end of the season. But um, um, first, I want to talk about setting the tone in a different aspect of things. Bet Online has been setting the tone in that industry for quite some time now, and I'm very proud and honored to talk about our friends down there. We're back and better than ever, a new web interface for the start of the basketball season, along with more props, odds, and 
and lines than ever before. Bet Online remains your number one spot for all of the basketball and football action. Head to the new updated desktop or mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit by using the promo code Locked On from basketball, football, NHL, boxing, UFC, right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 22 campaign. It's the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your favorite sports. And bet online is where the game starts. So, final segment of the day. Um, we're here with a special Locked On crossover podcast uh, featuring myself, the host of Locked On Louisville, along with JJ Jackson, the host of Locked On Blue Devils. Definitely appreciate him for being here. I also want to say that we appreciate you for making Locked On your first listen of the day. And just a reminder the Locked On Louisville podcast is free on all streaming services and on YouTube now, um, five days a week your team every day. So let's talk some implications for this game. We mentioned Louisville um, bowl eligibility is on the line. And with the game against Kentucky next week, that is kind of up in the air at the moment. You know, this is the opportunity for the cards to go out and get this done. Duke, on the other hand, JJ, I- I'm curious is, I mean, is there anything else that, cause I mean, there's been the rumors about David Cutcliffe retiring and, and the whole nine yards there, but is, does this game serve more than just like a, a momentum swing trying to end the season on a positive note for Duke? I wish there was more to it, but I do think at the end of the day, that, that's what it is. I mean, just truth be told, they're three and seven right now on the year trying to avoid right. a three and nine season and looking for their first ACC win. There are a lot of seniors that have been through a lot throughout their Duke career, and I would love for them to get an ACC victory on their way out. I, I think the cooler thing that is more of a topic for Duke because they don't have bowl eligibility looming or that sort of thing. Just the fact that here we are, Louisville and Duke, man, we could sit here and think about all of the greatest games these two schools have played against each other on the hardwood, but oh, not yeah. on the gridiron, right? They've no. only met twice before, uh, given the new ACC structure, Louisville joining the conference and that sort of thing, only playing in 2002 and 2016. And Duke's never beat Louisville before. So as you're trying to go through the your – 2016 ACC, one was a little interesting. That was yeah, a little, it was. It was kind it, of in a lull and – I was like, oh, man, they'd really been kind of playing bad. Um, It was Lamar Jackson and um, the guys. (laughs) (laughs) Lamar Jackson trying to take down the Duke Blue Devils. And I'm not going to lie, I was in attendance for that game, and I kind of got a little nervous (laughs) because it was a lot closer than I wanted it to be. And so in the ACC sort of bingo card, Duke's still got a couple of teams that they haven't beaten before, right? And and Louisville Mm -hmm. would be one of those. And I think for the fans, that means something to see these games be played more frequently now that they do share a conference, again, letting the game be at a primetime level on a Thursday night on ESPN to be able to get and watch them play. And, and then, like you said, there is such a big cloud over the Duke football program right now with the future of David Cutcliffe. He's got one year left on his deal. Things are not going well for the How program. old is he? He just turned 67. He's uh, that young? I thought he was older than that. Yeah. <laughs> it seems like he's been there forever. He just, he has been there for 14 years. That's the thing. Like, uh, it's, 14 very, years very, is a really rarely long ever see time. that. <laughs> right, and, and you really don't. And you're not going to see that again, most likely. Right. The way he's been able to elevate this Duke program, getting them to, you know, for four or five years, consistently competing for a bowl game, they hadn't seen that since the mid-'90s. When Steve Spurrier called Durham home and took Duke to one of the very few New Year's Six Bowl games they've ever been to when Spurrier Mm -hmm. was in Durham. So uh, the fact that I I want 
Cutcliffe to be celebrated is sort of what I'm saying here. I do want I got him to you. be able to go out on his own accord. I don't, and I think I speak for a lot of the fans, don't want to see this be so bad that he's sort of forced out given his age. I would love to sort of celebrate him, win a couple of ball games, and, and then, then the transition into the new yeah. era. Gotcha. I mean, I, I think, yeah, I mean, it definitely, definitely makes sense. Yeah. Outside of bowl eligibility, is there anything else that is up for grabs here for Louisville? Well, I think more so, yeah, bowl eligibility is there, but I, I think it's also important to note, you know, um, you know, the duality of it, the yin and the yang, you know, if Louisville were to lose this game, I feel like the fan base is kind of hostile anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I, I talk like in a playful way and say that the worst thing Scott Satterfield could have done was winning eight games in his first year at Louisville because the expectations kind of go from reasonable to, okay, why are you not winning eight games every single season if you did right. so in the first year, the ACC's down. And uh, 2020, you know, I mean, COVID year, it's really hard to take away some some of those uh, takeaways from that year. There were so many variables last year. Uh, this year, um, you know, Louisville has made a habit of losing games in the fourth quarter, you know, having leads. And, um, you know, there is a very real possibility that in an alternate universe, if they are to hang on these leads, you know, you're looking at a team that's eight and two almost, you know, right. seven and three. So I think more so it's just like, you know, making sure you handle business in this game. Um, even if it's close, I think like a close game could also make the fan base kind of be like, oh gosh, here we go again. Because there is a lot of momentum. I mean, the team's been playing playing well, although, you know, they haven't really necessarily been able to get over the hump in recent weeks, but they had the best game of the season against Syracuse. The fan base is kind of starting to get reeled in. Um, you know, I got to be honest, I feel like a lot of the fan base is kind of overlooking this game because right. Kentucky's on the schedule. They've embarrassed us uh, the past couple of times we've played them. So, you know, all focus has kind of shifted to that. And that's no dis- disrespect to Duke. It's just, you know, that's how Louisville fans are wired. Like when, it, you know, it's kind of like Duke. When North Carolina pops up on the <laughs> schedule, that's what you focus on. And even if you're playing a good team before that, you're like, okay, let's get past this game and get into the, like the real action. So, I mean, yeah, but bowl eligibility, you know, getting into the postseason, this was going to be a year to where like a prove me year or prove it year for Scott Satterfield. And um, getting to a bowl game would, uh, I think, in my opinion, like I've said all year, would constitute a successful season. I think that Louisville's got a lot to play for here left in the year. I think that rivalry game with Kentucky is going to be awesome. And trust me, this is not the first time a Duke football <laughs> fan has heard that a team is looking past them on the schedule. And it's not <laughs> going to be the last. That uh, That's the case for sure. So, Dalton, this has been a whole lot of fun, man. I want to do this again uh, in basketball season for sure. It's really cool oh, to have this crossover opportunity fun. with the Locked On Podcast Network. And I tell you what, it's going to be a fun game tonight there at Wallace Wade Stadium. Oh, yeah, definitely. So before we get out of here this morning, I want to um, first plug in both social media. I'm going to give a quick shout out to the Locked On Bets podcast hosted by your boy Q with expert analysis from Lee Sterling. You can check that out on the Odyssey app or wherever you like to get your podcasts. Uh, as far as the Locked On Louisville podcast, you can find the Twitter handle um, for me literally in the graphic. Um, just copy and paste it. Um, if you can copy that, I'm not even sure if you copy, but literally defense underscore is not that hard to understand. Uh, Lock at LO Louisville is the podcast Twitter. Page JJ, plug us into Lockdown Blue Devils for sure. At LO underscore Blue Devils is where you can find the show, and then at underscore JJ underscore Jackson underscore. And I also want to give a little plug to Locked On ACC. It's getting late in the year, a oh, lot yeah. is up for grabs for the Atlantic Coast Conference, and that also means the later we get into football season, Dalton means the further we get into basketball season. We've yes. already seen some really big basketball games 
so oh, yeah. far. Duke's already had a big win on their season. So uh, make sure you check it out. And they beat Kentucky. Louisville's got yes, to be I was about to say, I was like, shout out to Trevor Keels. Shout <laughs> yeah. out to those guys, man. Definitely. I was cheer, definitely cheering for the Blue Devils. But um, that's going to wrap up this very special Locked on crossover pod between Locked on Louisville and Locked on Blue Devils. Everyone have a great day. Celebrate accordingly. Don't forget the post-game recaps the following day. No better place to get that than Locked on Blue Devils, Locked on Louisville. Everyone have a great rest of your day. Go Cards. And we'll see you right back here tomorrow.